0: Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo quick pass, caught by Kittle, he dives, and he's in! Touchdown 49!
1: what is going on everybody welcome to striking gold your 49ers podcast on the blue wire network this week's episode is sponsored by indeed and bet online my name is rob louder i cover the 49ers for you guys at the blue wire network and joining me tonight as always is my co-host my right hand man former nfl defensive back eric 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 crocker crocker What's up?
2: Dude? Hey man, I'm chilling. How are you doing? How are you doing today, man? How's your day?
1: I mean, we're good. We're good. It was our last day of, of football camp today, so my days go from ending at five fifteen to two fifteen now.
0: Ooh, which nice. is,
1: I mean, that's an upgrade right there. Like those extra three hours really make a big difference. Now, one thing I will say is, since the COVID stuff pushed all the sports back to like like our first practices right now, I feel blessed because normally when we're first starting football practices, it's like 105 degrees outside. And like this week, it was like a high of 75. So, I mean, it was amazing and really, really good football weather. We got a lot of good work in, but man, it's so nice not to be practicing in that 105 degree heat. Like, because when you get home from that, like you have no energy, like it is just gone. Like you just you feel like you just stood in an oven for a while, so it's I mean, it's you know it's been nice being able to be out there and just you know I could have I could have gone to practice in a hoodie if I wanted to you know but it was nice man. What about you? What you get, what's on your what's on your plate? What you got going?
2: Oh man, just uh, just chilling, working out every morning, and doing all that fun stuff. I've been getting like really good. Like it's it's kind of turned into like more of a. More of like I guess like a lifestyle, right? People always talk about like making it a lifestyle with you know eating better and, and, and working out. And it, it took a while. Um this is kinda like I guess random, but like I, I never liked working out. Like when I was obviously playing football, I had to work out because I wanted to perform at a you know certain level. And so once I was done playing football, it's like, well, why am I gonna work out? <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> But then I started developing a serious dad bod and uh it was time. It yeah, was but time you to- got an
1: excuse though, because you're a dad. Like it works when you have, when you're a dad and the ladies like that. But if you have a dad bod and you don't have any kids, then, you know, you're in a rough spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> or at least that's how I feel.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, but no, but it's, I mean, it's, I guess, because part of the reason why you end up with a dad bod is just because you're so busy, like, you know, tending to your, you know, your family and kids. And most of your time is taken up just doing things for them, whether it's going to work, you know, getting off work and having to, you know, run errands for your wife or, you know, pick up your kids from sporting events and stuff like that. So a lot of times you just don't have a lot of time to yourself. Um, And that's how I think that the body starts to... (laughs) Go downhill. <laughs> but, I will
1: say this though, in in defense of my dad bodness, I did a uh, I did a one on one rep today against a, a a corner that he even had like an AAF tryout. Oh, you know he's he's still he's still pretty talented. His name's Marcus Crouch, and I did a one on one rep against him, and I actually did all right. And I knew I was in regular shoes, so I was like, I'm not gonna be able to cut. I'm not gonna be able to run around like. And I'm not fast, but I was like, I'm just going to run a go route because I can't cut anyway. So like, I'm not going to be able to stop. So I just ran a go route, and I actually was able to to get on top of him and stack him for a little bit. The but the <laughs> ball was like way, way underthrown, like like. And I think everybody thought I was going to be hella slow, and it wasn't yeah. that I was fast, but I was not hella slow. And and he underthrew it by by a lot, but yeah. it was it was fun though. And he even said he's like, damn dude, you were moving a little bit. I was like. I was like, yeah, like I like lit up a little bit. I was like, I was, I'm not, I'm not, a, I still got it. <laughs> <laughs> I just gave him a, a little, like, uh, I kind of just ran right at him. He played like five yards off and I just ran right at him and gave him a little stab inside. Right. Like right when I closed the distance and then, and then I cut outside. So that kind of made it to where I could get above him a little bit, but he was still pretty much like almost in phase. Like he was right with me. If the ball was like perfectly thrown, you know, like a, a right over the top of my shoulder, I would have caught it for sure. But it was like, it wasn't even, it was like underthrown. if somebody was throwing it to him. They're the DB, now, you know.
2: Now, this is the reason why you don't play man from five yards off. Like you who, you know, haven't been working out or anything, you were able to kind of get on top of him and close that gap and kind of give him something to go. And, and you're, you know, you, you haven't even really been, been, you know, training or anything like that. So imagine if, it's somebody that runs like a 4-4 four, four or 4-5, four, and he does you're the same gone. thing. Yeah, that's why, like I tell people, you're either up pressed or you're off like eight yards. And if you're off eight yards, then you can slow play it a little bit. But by the time you make your move to go vertical, like that gap kind of closes. But if you're at five yards and you're playing off man, it's, it's not – your time clock gets sped up because the guy is going right now. So, yeah, that's just –
1: yeah. Well, yeah, it definitely wasn't because I was fast. Like, that's that's not an option. So yeah, well, I'm not is.
2: trying to – I mean, but you – I mean, shoot, you did something to him, obviously.
1: All right. Well, I mean, I, I, do, I know routes and, like, manipulation, but, I mean, it's like, um, you know, it still doesn't really – at some point it doesn't really matter. But it was fun. I, I figured when I started running, I was like, man, I am gonna pull every muscle in my lower body right now. And and I and I didn't, that was fine, but it was funny. I think it was, it was just a be sore good tomorrow. Probably. I mean, I've been running around a little bit because every every route with these kids, I have to I want to show them at least what it should look like and you know when, when they're doing the DB stuff and you know, so I still try and demonstrate stuff for them at like seventy-five percent speed, but yeah, I'll probably be sore tomorrow. <laughs> For sure. Anyways, let's let's get into this shit. Let's get in this because we got a shish ton of questions. You guys hooked it up again this week that we got to hit, and we shouldn't be rambling on too long. Um, some uh, housekeeping things, you know, just random keeping you guys up to date. Uh, the 49ers activated the three-week practice window of Tevin Coleman, Jordan Reed. Let me start over. Running back Tevin Coleman, tight end Jordan Reed, and nickel corner Kwan Williams and Kyle Shanahan said all three of them have a chance to play today, or excuse me, not today, this week. It seems unlikely. Maybe I mean if I had to bet, I'd say we probably get one of them. Maybe Kwan, you know, because somebody's got to match up with Tyler Lockett over there. Um, maybe Kwan's the one. I'm not sure, but uh, you know, he said all three could play this week. Um, He also said kind of like, you know, I would expect more than likely it would be next week against Green Bay on the Thursday. So we'll see. But, I mean, that's good news. I mean, this is like the first time in a while where the 49ers are getting more than they're losing. You know, it's almost like I think it was Akash or, or somebody tweeted out like the 49ers getting these players seems like they're like making trades for good players. When in reality, they're just their own players that have been chilling on IR, you know, like the 49ers have so many talented players on IR that any one of these players that comes off, it's like, hell yeah, let's go. You know, like it's just they're in such a weird spot. You know, it's it's weird when these guys I mean, because now you're looking at let's just magically assume all of them are healthy right now. You know, you got another competent running back back there. You have your starting nickel and then you have a dynamic move tight end next to Kittle that looked like the man over the first two weeks of the season. So, I mean, those are big upgrades. Those are big bonuses. Yeah. So, you know, that's interesting. What else we got here? Um, the practice report. Where? The, what did I do with the practice report? Oh, I had it in my email right here. Um, did not practice. Linebacker Quan Alexander, wide receiver Richie James. Both of them have ankles. Uh, Debo Samuel, hamstring. Jaquisky Tart, groin, Jason Verrett, not injury related. So they either gave him a day off or he just had something going on at home. Um, it was probably a, a vet day off, uh, Jimmy Ward with a quad and, uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, ankle. And the reason none of those names I just talked about are on there is cause they're still on IR. They're not required to be on the injury report. So those are the only people all not practicing that were on the injury report. Um, I know that Shanahan did say they hope to have Tart and Ward back for this week. Uh, we'll see. And that you'll probably know by Friday. If they're going at least to some capacity on Friday, then there's a good chance they're uh, they're going in the game. So those are the only two that are, like, possible. Jeff Wilson Jr. is about to go on IR with a high ankle sprain. Debo Samuel's going to mix the next two weeks at least. And then Quan Alexander and Richie James are both uh, dealing with recent ankle injuries. So, Quan's uh, isn't all that recent, but it's more significant. It was a high ankle sprain. So, uh, I don't think any of them are likely. Uh, Tartan Ward might be. So, again, sorry about my voice. It's still coming back or going away or whatever. You it sound great,
2: man. You sound great.
1: I don't sound great, bro. I sound like I'm in a constant state of emotional distress. Well, just like, imagine I just- like. Like there were people I remember when I
2: was growing up and people would tell me like, man, like, are you sick or is your voice just actually like that?
1: <laughs> like, yeah. like the, neither of them are options that you would like to hear. <laughs>
2: right. So yeah, at least you don't get that. I mean, people just know like,
1: oh, you, you know, you're sick. Right. So uh the other, the only other really comment that I thought was worth mentioning was apparently multiple teams have tried to sign Jamite running back Michael Hasty off the 49ers practice squad and he has turned them all down because he wanted to remain in San Francisco. Um, what's that say to you, Crowd? Culture. Culture. No, yeah, let's you know one word. I, I had a conversation with my
2: brother and um uh, my boy uh D D D Mays were all in this group chat, and we were talking about Dallas Cowboys, they're cowboy fans, and just talking about like culture and like why. You know, I think Mark, Mike McCarthy should get fired. And I, you know, and I was saying, hey, like when a coach, when a coach is good, you can tell even when they're losing. And we saw that with the 49ers, right? Early on, the 49ers started off 0-9, but they were still very competitive. And when they won that one game against the Giants, like you would have thought 49ers won the Super Bowl in the locker room, right? Like that's how excited they were. And that just shows like how people want to play for Shanahan how they they bought in? The people that didn't buy in, they were shipped out, right? We're talking about Rashard Robinson, um, Navarro Bowman, but you could tell that he had a good grasp on the team and everybody was buying in. And when you have a player like Hasty, where he has these opportunities to go elsewhere, and he's like, "No, nah, like I want to be here." Again, that that shows like the culture that Kyle has built. Because who wouldn't want to go somewhere else and make more money? A lot you know more money. Right, a lot more. Like it, you know, practice squad is uh maybe like, you know, seven thousand dollars a month now a week now, maybe eight thousand dollars a week. I mean, but on active roster, dude, you're talking about shoot, thirty something thousand a week, you know? So you go from eight thousand to thirty something thousand like a week. Who wouldn't wanna do that? You know now you multiply it over four weeks, this is a drastic difference compared to being on practice squad. So um, that just shows that, you know, the culture of, of, of which the 49ers are building. And, um, yeah, big time kudos to Kyle Shanahan. And, and uh, not just him, but John Lynch and, you know, Sal- Salah, all those guys.
1: And, I mean, it also tells you, too, that he expects to get a chance. You know, like, obviously, Kyle Shanahan doesn't owe anything to Jermichael Hasty, But they know that this guy stuck around because, one, he saw an opportunity kind of brewing. You know, he kind of felt like he was going to get his chance. They probably told him he was, you know, it, it'll come. And and now he's finally there. And I'm sure the team feels some sort of, you know, devotion to Hasty and the fact that he's stuck with them, um, even though he could have left, you know, and, and it kind of all plays into the role it seems like he's about to have. You know, like it seems like this game coming up against the Seahawks, like it seems like it's going to be like the Jermichael Hasty coming out party. You know, like he's already looked really good, but now, you know, Raheem Mostert's still hurt, Jeff Wilson's hurt, uh, Jarek McKinnon's kind of getting rested, and the you know he's kind of been put on the back burner, and so that leaves Jamichael Hasty. You know, so it, it, we'll see if if he can if he can take advantage of the opportunity and the fact that he stuck around for this right here. It, it, it should be interesting. It should be interesting. But anyways. It's uh, it's our mailbag episode, folks. From here on out, the entire rest of the episode. I mean, we'll get in a quick word from our sponsors in about ten minutes or so. But the uh, the entire rest of the episode is 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 all you guys. Okay, and again, you guys came through with the questions. I think we had thirty plus questions on my mailbag post, which is huge. It's huge, and that's all. That's all you guys. Um, if we didn't get that many questions, then, then this episode might be thirty minutes long, and we're out. You know, so. Now, obviously, some of your questions, depending on the order in which we get to them, um, they may have already been answered if if we kind of, you know, just say, oh, well, we, you know, obviously, we already talked about this. It's not because we don't care about your question. It's just that we already talked about it. So um, we're going to roll through these here in no particular order. And uh, me and Crocker, will bat- I'll, I'll be the one reading the question, but me and Crocker will bounce back and forth. All right. We're going to start things off with, uh, with a regular in A.A. Ron. He's always in here asking questions, listening to the pod, and I appreciate it. Um, at burn unit. Burn with an I. Uh, we'll start off with you, Crock. Was the pass rush that bad against the Patriots, or was the D-line taught to contain the mobile quarterback last week and plan to do the same thing again this week? What you think?
2: Uh, Camden and Russell Wilson are a different type of runners. So I think you can you can rush a little bit more as like, you know, like you're going to get a pure passer when you're going against Cam Newton than Russell Wilson. Because Cam Newton actually, he actually like wants to throw. He actually wants to throw from the pocket. Russell Wilson, he'll drop his eyes quick. If he even f- thinks he's sensing any type of pressure, he'll drop his eyes, get ready to move around, and try to make a uh, play on the move. So... Yeah, I think that was just just kind of lack of pass rush. And I was actually kind of just watching the game right now, and it was more of the same, just kind of lack, lack of pass rush, which, you know, we've been saying that's it's kind of been an issue. Now, solid did do some creative things, came came with a nice blitz um, off the edge with Dre Greenlaw. Did see Givens get in there and get a sack, but uh, Deion Jordan had a near sack that ended up in a, a Ken Newton run, so he had to run. like So, you know, when he had, absolutely had to run, he took off. But, yeah, for the most part, just not really good, pass uh, rush.
1: Yeah, and I I agree. I don't. I don't think they were they were not trying to get to Cam. I think they just couldn't. You know, they just they just weren't they just weren't doing great. But I mean, that's you can't really unless I mean, you know it's on at this point. It's on Robert Sala to end the calls he makes to manufacture pressure with stunts or you know or blitzes and stuff like that. Like they just you know. Like, if you took the two top pass rushers away from every team right now, how good would their pass rush be? Like right. not great, shitty, bad, you know, and that's just what the 49ers are dealing with. They haven't gotten anything from D4 this season and Nick Bosa obviously got hurt early on. So they're just doing what they can. And, you know, any, any, any significant pass rush that you guys see beyond this point, you should consider a bonus. Like they're just not in a position where they, you know, it, you still obviously want them to do what they can to produce it, but they just don't have the tools right now. And that's you know, it sucks. Um A AA Ron also asked, after the pandemic, can we all have a strike and gold tailgate party before a game next year? Hell yeah. That sounds hella fun. I mean, we'd have to fly Crocker in here. We'll we'll start like a little strike and gold go fund me for Eric Crocker's strike <laughs> and gold tailgate party.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, I'm sure I'll be flying down like regardless.
1: Yeah, we'll get it. I mean, I wasn't trying to infer that you like don't have money. I'm just saying, like, man, we if we can if we can pitch him, we could pitch you. You know. All right, Frank Perez at Batman two four five five nine. Oh yeah, the five five nine. Is it time for Sherman to move to safety? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, but I re- I mean that's more of a we're, that's more of a Cocker question. I I don't know. Like, what what tells you it's time for him to move to safety? The two corners that the 49ers have right now are playing really well. Is that what is telling them? I, I don't know. What do you think, Croc? I mean
2: Usually, the 49ers have
1: two safeties right now. Well
2: what tells Sherman he'd have to move to safety?
1: Yeah, when or, or at what point do you is that a decision that, that is made?
2: I think when his his body tells him that he can't play corner anymore.
1: Can't cover I anybody. Think that's
2: something that Sherman has to be honest with him, himself about. Um, I'm pretty sure he's coming up on that decision. You know, he, yeah, it won't happen this year. So it's going to be very interesting with how they deal with him kind of coming back because like, you know, is he going to come back, you know, definitely under a different salary? Um, Is he going to play corner? Is he going to mix in some safety? Is he going to do something like what we saw from Charles Woodson later in his career, where he was kind of like a nickel slash safety type guy. Um, All roles, I think Sherman will would excel in. So, um, I don't know. I do think that that decision is coming soon.
1: Yeah. I mean, if, if the 49ers had like an opening at safety per se, I could see maybe him being kind of, you know, a little lightly shoved maybe that direction sooner, but I mean, it's not like the 49ers like desperately need someone there right now because neither Tart nor Ward are seriously injured, but, I don't know. I mean, that's that's an interesting question that's going to involve, you know, I think there will just have to be a – maybe at some point, you know, I I don't think it's already happened, but there's some point where Sherman will have to realize himself, like, man, I, I can't cover these guys anymore, right. you know. And I think he'll be a good safety too because he's just so cerebral, you know. He knows how to read things and, you know, he may not be quick, but he knows how to put himself in the right position. So we'll see. All right, Aisha at Aisha5683 asks, what's up with Uncle Sherman? Well, from that perspective, he's still in a walking boot with a calf injury, and he's just waiting until the 49ers open up his practice window. Um, they don't expect him to be kind of up and running until after the bye, which is week 11, right? So they got a, they got a minute before he takes the field. All right, this right, we'll, we'll do you for this one, Crocker. Um, who starts at running back? If we go our traditional open they, then I say Jet, but I want to mix it up and start Hasty. This is assuming Coleman is still out. So who do you think starts at running back there uh Kroc? Uh
2: I think McKinnon. Oh, whoa. If Coleman is if Coleman is healthy and ready to go, Coleman.
1: But what what if what if he's not what if he's not healthy? Ready to McKinnon. go. McKinnon.
2: But I don't think okay. he gets the bulk of the carries. But I think McKinnon starts the game.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I would have said the same thing. I think McKinnon would be the first one out there, but I think Hasty would would probably get like two thirds of the carries.
2: I got to thinking. I was like, man, I wonder if like just Wilson, the way he was running and how that whole thing played out, maybe he just wore down the defense, and then Hasty came in and like did his thing, and maybe. Like, did it look better because of that? Or, you know, not taking anything away from Hasty. I think he ran awesome. But that was just something that kind of went through my head. Uh, so negative, like, bro. Just kind of thinking earlier today.
1: Luke underscore Shanahan49 at Sean Luke 15 asks, Will we see more Hasty or will Shanahan give most of the workload to Jet? Well, I guess we kind of – if you were asking me what I think Shanahan will do, Uh, I think he's going to give most of the work to Hasty. I think that, you know, they'll they'll, they'll probably give McKinnon more touches than he had last game, you know, when it was like three for negative one yards. I think maybe Jet might get like, you know, maybe six or seven, maybe eight. And I think Hasty might get like 12, 15, 16, something. I don't know. Just depends on kind of what the Seahawks give him and how the game flow goes, but. I would lean hasty on that one for sure. Yeah. Um, Jet McKinnon, comeback player of the year at CPOY Jet. Asks, a lot of running
2: back questions, huh?
1: I know. <laughs> Obviously, Sherman is a Hall of Famer and his intangibles are what separates him. But should the 49ers just ice him for the rest of the year? Feels like he handicaps defense by not being able to play man the way we have. That's a perfect question for you, bro. Uh
2: Nah, I, I just think, I think you're, regardless of that, like you're, you're better with Richard Sherman on the field. Yeah. You know, this is a guy who, you know, even though he can't run, you know, quite like when he was younger, he's still a playmaker. He's still, pump, you know, fearing in quarterbacks. Uh, they typically don't chart, uh, challenge him much, you know, if, if at all. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's somebody, nah, I think you definitely, you know, you got to, got to, got to. If he's healthy, you play him. Yeah, that I know. think... you talking about in the Super Bowl, man. Like, what, what we played uh, three games in the playoffs. He had interceptions in two of them. Like, you know, that's what right. that's what he brings.
1: But all they're gonna remember is him giving up one to Sammy Watkins. Like that's yeah. like that's the definition of of Sherman. Which, I
2: mean, he he didn't have a great game, but you know, but still, you know, you're you're better with Richard Sherman out there.
1: Right, I agree. I don't think you have to be too specific about it. I feel like. You know, yeah, Jason Brett's playing well. Manuel Mosley, not bad. But you want Sherman on the field. Until Sherman gives you a very good reason to to for him to not be on the field, he's on the field. Um, 49ers in L.A. 4-3 four, four at 49ers L.A. What do you ex? <laughs> what do you expect? Who do you expect to get the bulk of the carries and touchdown opportunities at running back? Hasty or McKinnon? Um, You've already answered that. Yep, yep. We're going, we're going Hasty over McKinnon for for both of those. I would think because Hasty runs hard, so I don't, I don't see him as somebody that now, touchdown. Would
2: maybe McKinnon, just because he has had a knack of finding the end zone,
1: right? Um, yeah,
2: regardless of who's out there, but. I,
1: I mean I think I, I don't know. I think whoever's out there during the majority of the drive will probably stay out there. But you know, it depends too, because they could also see McKinnon as more of a pass catching threat that the defense have to has to account for. Uh I'm I'm not saying Hasty can't catch the ball, but that might be what, what they're thinking is. Um Izzy Drastic. At Izzy Drastic. Is that like a okay. That's kind of I mean it just sounds like a music artist. Um all right, croc, tell me, hit me with this one. Throughout all the injuries, especially on defense, the Niners have risen through adversity. With that said, does Sala uh, return one year, one more year, or does he prosper and go from coaching candidate to head coach?
2: Yeah, I, I think this is the year that he becomes a head coach. Now, if he does return, I wouldn't be overly surprised. I mean, it's not the hot thing to do to hire a defensive head coach. So you know if some random offensive coordinator that turns up being a hot shot candidate ends up getting a job. I can definitely see that and Sala being able to return in that way. But yeah, like I, I think like the 49ers might lose the passing game coordinator before they lose Sala, even though Sala's like resume is like, has been really impressive over the last two years, what he's done. But, you know, who is it? LaFleur? Is that the passing game coordinator?
1: You have Mike LaFleur is the run game. No, Mike McDaniel is the run game coordinator. And then I think it's Mike LaFleur is the passing game coordinator. I think both of yeah. their
0: names are Mike La-
2: Laflore LaFleur might get that opportunity before um Solid does. Just because you know it's an offensive league and you know teams want that young hot shot head coach that's an offensive guy.
1: Right. It's true. It's true, I agree. All right, where are we at? Antonio McFly at Catfish McFly. Are all the setbacks with injuries for the Niners an anomaly, or we should we start looking at the medical or strength and conditioning staff? Well, I think they're more of an anomaly, but I mean, it's a league wide anomaly. You saw, you've seen how many injuries we've had this year, and I think it's probably pretty easily correlated with the lack of an off season and the lack of a a buildup to training camp in the season. And like, you got to understand like football is just violent and you're constantly doing things that your body was not designed to do. You know, like you're pushing most people don't realize that these guys are pushing their body to the absolute limit all season long, even when they're not playing football. They're constantly working out and pushing their body to the limit in the gym. And then they go out onto a football field and push their body to the limit there. And those two things like work against each other. Like you could, you go into the gym and you hit it hard. You're essentially tearing all your muscles just a little bit so that they can rebuild and you become stronger. And then you go out and you push those muscles even harder on the field in a completely different way. And that's why you get all these guys with, with hamstrings, with quads, you know, it's it, it's it's just it's the name of the game. And I, I mean, I don't, I'm not a doctor, but I don't see necessarily a lot of this. Just is is not something a strength and conditioning staff can control. Some of it is, but I, I'm it's I'm really reluctant to put it on them, especially when you got two guys tearing their ACLs within on the week two on a turf field that was brand new. You know, it's just—I don't know. I—I I mean,
2: yeah. some injuries. I mean, yeah, they're—they're they're just all different. Like when you look at, um, when you look at a uh, uh, Moster's injury, like he got rolled up. You know, um, when you look at these, any of these guys that are getting high ankles, Wilson's
1: injury. That, that's why, I mean. Wilson, you got rolled that's up, Russell Wilson. Well, what no, no. That? I mean, it didn't happen to Raheem and. And Jeff Wilson, they both got yeah. rolled up. So
2: Yeah, so both of them, Mostert and Wilson, yeah, they just got rolled up. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, same thing when he got his ankle injury, like rolled up. So some of them are like just freak accidents. Uh, now, Debo Samuel, that one is a little different. When you have like a soft tissue injury like that, that could be from him kind of, you know, overexerting and, you know, pushing his body, somebody that really didn't have an off-season of being able to prepare his body. So I think if anything is training-related, is Debo Samuel, but even then, it might not be because of his staff. It might be more because Debo just wasn't ready to come back from his, uh not ready to come back from his foot injury. He, he was, he just didn't really get a chance to 100% get his body in shape for, you know, all the plays that he would be running. So he probably was more likely to have a soft tissue injury than most other guys, even guys that had a full training camp. Cause remember before that, you know, they didn't really have a real offseason, so
1: Right. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily paint pointing this towards anybody in particular, but the strength and conditioning staff cannot force people to do things. Like the team cannot force people to eat certain foods. They can't force them to, to you know, they can kind of, there's obviously rules like you're supposed to go to your rehab, you know, and stuff like that. But like, Players are still in charge of taking care of their own bodies and eating the right things and, you know, hitting the ice tub and whatever else they can do to, to, you know, the medical staff is there to facilitate that. And and there are some mandates and rules that players need to go to this and go to this. But like that could be on the player, you know, like there's a lot of stuff a player can do that is voluntary that will help prepare them for the field that they may not do you know, and you, you may, you may see that reflect in, you know, their injury history, or you may not, you, you know, it just, you never know. It's such a, again, it's, it's just such a, uh, an unpredictable, uh, sport and unpredictable things you do with your body. But anyways, um, let's go ahead and get a, a quick word in from our sponsors real quick. And then we'll get back to your guys' questions. Uh, because even though sports had a break, your business didn't that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed's going to make you the most important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed's offering our listeners at Striking Gold a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at indeed.com slash blue wire. This is the best offer they are giving anywhere. Go right now to indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Offers valid through December 31st. And football's back Division and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's Blue WIRE, all one word B L U E W I R E. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. All right, we're back at it. Let's see what controversial Joe has to say at Lord Joseph. Man, he's really feeling himself. Controversial Joe at Lord Joseph. Not that the Niners secondary was bad last season, but they were able to get through the season in the shadows thanks to the pressure from 2019's D line. How impressive does that make virtually the same secondary this season, given the depleted D line? Crocker, uh,
2: I mean, yeah, it's, it's impressive. Um, but I don't think it's just a you know, a secondary, I think the linebackers have something to do with that, too. You know, uh, I want to say Fred is like top five or even higher, like top three or whatever in um, his pass coverage grade, uh, at, at, at his position. So I think he's you know, top two, yeah, top two. Okay, yeah, so I know, I knew it was really high. I just saw the number, I just can't remember exactly what it was, but um, he's great, not extremely high. You know, that's just what happens when everybody does their job. And they're going to need to continue to do that because, you know, obviously the pass press kind of needs time to get there. And I've said it, with especially with the 49ers running zone, if the pass press not getting there, uh zone windows open up. So I've been really impressed a lot of times with how, how many times they've made, like, you know, quarterbacks kind of throw the ball away or just errant passes. Uh, really, you know, big shout out to the secondary. And I don't think the secondary has gotten enough love, even with Tart and Ward out. I mean Harris and Moore did a really good job. There there were some plays that were like, ah oh, man, you know, you wish you probably think, you know, if Ward or Tart was out there, they've probably seen it before and they knew exactly what to do and wouldn't be hesitant, uh, and would have been a little bit tighter in the coverage here. But for the most part, really good stuff. So yeah, man. Kudos to the to the secondary. I think they're just they just they just understand it. I mean, they've they've been in it for four years now.
1: Yeah. I agree. I agree. And I mean that that is yeah, that's that's just a testament to the coaches and the players for getting it down because any time a backup can come in and and not get completely exposed, you know, then you know they've been doing their homework and they were ready for, for when this moment came. So I mean you can you can be impressed. And and what's what's interesting about his question is is you know, he he says given the depleted D line, well the secondary has been depleted too, but there hasn't been a steep drop-off, which is pretty impressive. It just yeah, like meantime. I said, just means that, that everybody's doing their homework and they're ready to roll. Um M Sincere at Mr. Sincere 13. With Debo and Richie out, Iuk starting. Who else gets the touches at wide receiver after Kendrick Bourne? So I do think that Iuk and Kendrick Bourne are the obvious, the obvious one and two. You've got George Kittle in there. Um, if, I mean, by some, I wouldn't say miracle, but by some chance, Jordan Reed goes, he's going to play into the, uh, the equation a lot. Um, I know they don't mind throwing to, uh, Ross Dwelly that, you know, they don't, they don't mind getting him involved as far as receivers go. I mean, it's tough because they're really down. I would have said Richie James, but he's hurt as well. Dante Pettis has been inactive for a while. Maybe they bring him up and let him do his thing. You also have Trent Taylor who has, you know, uh, over a few weeks, he's gotten a couple receptions. So maybe he gets more of a chance to shine. Um, you know, you put Ayuk on either end and then Trent Taylor in the slot and you just – you go with that and see what you can do. Um, you know, but the 49ers don't have a lot of options. Now you can go to the practice squad that, you know, and see maybe they're going to elevate some guys. You have, uh, you know, you got River Craycraft, Chris Fink, you um, I think Kevin White's still chilling down there. Yep. So I mean they could bring up another guy, but you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily expect those guys to immediately step into bigger rules than the guys that are already on the roster. So um we'll see. You know, they're 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 thin. They're thin. They're down Debo Samuel and uh Richie James right now. So that's a that's a good question. Um oh, it's controversial Joe again at Lord Joseph. Do you guys think Quan Alexander's subpar performance this season could have a lot to do with the injured defensive line and his role shifting a little bit because of that. I think his speed and athleticism lend to him being a much better coverage linebacker when we can just send four like most of 2019. Uh, I know that's pretty intense, question croc, but he's it, basically. I didn't hear the
2: very first part.
1: Do you think Quan Alexander's subpar oh. performance this season? Could have been, could have had a lot to do with the injured defensive line and his role shifting because of that. I didn't know. I mean, was Quan playing bad this season? Uh, he overran some plays.
2: I don't know about in coverage, but I I, don't I remember. And and again, this people pointed it out on Twitter. Like that was how I saw it. I I didn't watch film on Quan Alexander specifically, so I can't tell you how he played on the – Uh, play-to-play basis Um, nothing really jumped out to me as him like being bad outside of over overrunning a couple plays so that that's kind of just the extent of what I know about Quan Alexander I'm sorry guys I know I'm supposed to know this type of stuff but
1: um, I mean I I don't I don't either I I didn't didn't...
2: speak on like if I don't have like a definite like if I didn't like really watch it closely I try not to like you know give like a definite answer so
1: Right, yep. Um, yeah, and, I, and I, there's, I'm not going to be able to give you any different answer than Croc. I, I mean, I wasn't aware that Quan Alexander was really struggling that much. I know he has his moments both, both positive and negative, but I'm, I'm not necessarily sure I could attribute that to the defensive line at all. Um, Robert T. Taylor Jr. at G.I. Steel. Do the Niners make a call to New England about Stephon Gilmore? No, they don't because Stefan Gilmore is due 23.9 million dollars this year and the 49ers <laughs> have about 2 to spare
2: man so, i just saw a number that didn't even look like that like from
1: it I'm might be watch. less
2: yeah it was like it was like 100,000 dollars or something like that like i just saw it let me see if it's still up
1: i just i mean up. i roll all my stuff through over the cap they usually seem like they got it they have the 49ers at $2.73 million in salary cap space. Amen. Okay, here we go.
2: It's from um, Lombardi. Uh, yeah. The 49ers have only $117,911 a cap room today as it stands. They literally cannot afford to sign or trade anyone. Uh, any potential right. move would have to come with a, a potential cut or restructure to open up
1: 2020 space. Or trading that, or trading a player away, right? So yeah, I mean, whether it's two hundred thousand or two million, obviously there's a a lot of difference there. But they they it it says the same thing, especially in regards to somebody like Stephon Gilmore, who has the biggest cap number in New England by about ten million dollars. So you know that obviously, I mean, that's way bigger than Cam Newton's or, or anybody else on the team. So there's there's just no way unless they were sending an expensive player away like D Ford or Quan Alexander or something that cleared up a ton of space in exchange. There's just no way they can. It's impossible to add a player like that just kind of without a whole bunch of other moves happening as well. Um, all right. The real S Taylor at the real S Taylor one Crocker. Does Dante get moved before the trade line deadline? Uh, again, I mean, I want to say you know you would
2: think so, right? They they they've heard from teams that were interested in, in uh, acquiring him. Uh, you're not playing him at all. <laughs> like he just doesn't play. Even when guys were hurt, I mean, he was barely getting any snaps, and they ended up having to trade for like Mohamed Sanu. So yeah, I, I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna say. I would think so, but then you know, with this just cap space being kind of funny and you know, different kind of cap hits and stuff and I don't know. It's kinda of weird. But I, I'll say yeah. Even though I really don't think so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I'm I mean I'm the same. I, I do I think they, they, they move him. If they can get anything for him, he's already basically not doing anything. So why not? You know, it's just a matter of if another team feels like they want him. You know, the Niners do have Obviously they're not playing him now but they they do have tape that they can point to to say look he can he can do his thing watch even watch him when he's out there this season he gets open they just haven't you know he's just not meshing so you know there's there's things that they could point to to entice a team but I mean I guess if I had to give her to you a yes or no I'll just say yes because I feel like that's what the 49ers should do. Um, aspiring grifter at Alex H. Noor, you guys talked about 49ers parting with Quan and D this offseason. What, excuse me, what are the cap ramifications of these moves? My understanding, there's still a lot of money tied to both of them, so it would be hard to move off of them. Well, let me. D4, did they both I restructure
2: look. or just d forward? I Let I, me see. Who was it that somebody, re, like somebody that was like, oh, they'll probably move off this person restructured. And I was like, damn, they probably made no, it to where they okay. came. okay.
1: I'm going to read this off to you and you tell me if you think the 49ers will cut D Ford. Okay. okay. Well, hold on. Hold on. That says guarantee. That says it, like go to, does this change? No. Okay. Sometimes this site doesn't, because there's a difference between cutting someone pre and post June 1st. And sometimes it doesn't work when I change it. But I was going to say it's so obvious because D Ford's cap number is 20 million and there's zero guaranteed salary. But then it says if they cut him, they save 6.4 million, but have 14.3 in dead money. Um, So look, like, that doesn't make someone uncuttable. You're still going to save 6.4 million. You can either keep him on the team and pay him his $20 million, or you can cut him and save 6.4 million. Like, that's really all it comes down to. Like, And if if they feel like they need to move on and their their money would be better else going elsewhere, yeah, they'll have a a shit ton of dead money. But, you know, you've now opened up a roster spot. You've saved yourself money, you know. And then let me look. Let me find Quan Alexander on here. Uh, Quan Alexander, kind of the same story. Uh, 10.4 million in dead money and 6.1 million in savings. Now, again, I'm not sure if this site is working correctly because when I change it to... Cutting them after June 1st, nothing changes on the whole chart. So, and that's not usually normal. So, um, I would have to check on that. But you and they're going to, if they're going to cut them, they're going to incur a shit ton of dead money. But they're between the two of them, they're also going to save about 12 million. And it's going to come down to the wire next year, too. So, I don't know. I'm kind of just looking through this, making sure I'm not missing anything. But yeah. I I do think that they part ways with both of those guys, and then uh, Dre Greenlaw steps on up. But I, I can understand how you, why you asked. You know, there's there is a lot of money tied to both of them. But again, you're still you can either keep those players on your roster and hope that they they contribute or, or whatever you're hoping to get from them, or you just bite the bullet, you cut them, you save your the what money you can, and then you move on.
2: Yeah. Um, now he didn't ask this, but if I had to choose one that I would like to keep, it still would be D four because he's the pass rusher. And right. I, it's I like agree. if he just has to be on the team no matter what. It's like, ah, uh, you know, give me the pass rusher. <laughs> we, we've seen how thin pass rush depth can be, but we've seen how uh, deep the linebacker core can be, and still not be like a huge drop off, even with guys like Al Shahir playing. So, yeah.
1: Right. 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 Yeah, I was just double checking this. Okay, yeah, none of the numbers changed. All right. Let's move on. Let's keep going. Let's keep the energy high. Feels great, baby, is the is his name. So I mean, thanks for that. Um, El Polito Fuerte. Um, realistic trades you guys would make as a GM by the deadline. <laughs> what do you think, Rock? I mean, obviously that that that's a pretty loaded answer. Uh I, I mean, I really don't know. What do you think? Uh a lot
2: of Shoot, pass rusher, but looks like they're all kind of been, Used been traded.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and none of them have really been. I mean, Everson Griffin was nice, but I mean he's decent. But you know he was owed way, quite a bit more money than any of the other guys that were traded. Well, other than uh, what's the guy that the Seahawks just traded for? The pass rusher from uh, yeah, Dalat. Uh, yeah, and and he was due quite a bit, and you know, and so it's the 49ers basically traded for the best pass rusher they thought they could afford, you know, and that's Jordan Willis. And he's due like $500,000. So like they couldn't, you know, a lot of the the trades that the, that they would want to pursue are just out of their reach right now. You know, now if you're asking for realistic trades, I would say what are guys on the 49ers roster that you could see them parting ways with. Because if anything, they should be sellers, not buyers. They they don't have the money, and they don't want to give up draft picks. So what does that mean? You know, any you know they could be looking for anybody that might want somebody like Quan. I'm not sure anybody would be down to pick up D Ford's contract, given he hasn't played. Um, you know, there's there's guys on the on the team, Dante Pettis, we already talked about that they may be looking to to send away. So, but they can't they can't really be buyers, unless they're doing like player swaps. Uh, Jason Bucklin, at Jason L. Bucklin, with Jordan Reed able to come off IR and practice, when should we expect to see him on the field? Also, what will our offense look like with both Jordan Reed and George Kittle on the field at the same time? Take take that one, Croc. What would the 49ers offense look like with Jordan Reed and George Kittle on the field at the same time? Uh,
2: with Jordan Reed and George Kittle? Yeah. We, we we saw that week one. It was good. I mean, you know, uh, well, it started out good, then obviously – uh, Kittle kind of got banged up, but you know Reed had a few catches. Uh, I want to say in the just in the first half alone between the two of them, it was like seven catches. So um, I think that was some like you know a sign of what was to come. But then you know, Kittle uh, or or Jordan Reed got hurt before Kittle came back. So right, you know, yeah. Been... I mean,
1: uh, it's it's just dynamic. Good though. You Good. Know? Just just right. more. It just
2: gives you more weapons. Like. And, and they're both really good football players. And we saw Jordan Reed. He was really good. I, I just think it just makes you better and more versatile um, out of, you know, uh, shoots, probably what, uh, 12 personnel you were run with them?
1: Right. Well, Running back and two tight ends. Yeah. I mean, it's – yeah. No, I mean, that, that's the big thing with me is you can run a two tight end set and the defense, they're still going to lean George Kittle's way but you're going to have to respect both options. And right now it's either going to be like Charlie Warner or Ross Dwelly, and no one's going to pay them any attention. And they they might be make a play, but no one's going to pay them any attention. You get Jordan Reed and George Kittle out there at the same time, and and defense is going to be worrying about both of them. Because even though Jordan Reed has struggled with injury, he when he's on the field, he is a, a beast. So, you know, they both have to be accounted for. And that frees up everybody else too, you know, Guys on the outside too. All right, young LA at M dot When will Kyle let Jimmy Jimmy actually play QB? Just seems to me Kyle has already told Jimmy where he wants the ball to go instead of Jimmy reading the defense. Well, I mean, there's just so many different things that go into that. Like, I guarantee you, there have been times where Jimmy has let. Or excuse me, Kyle has let Jimmy play QB and probably hasn't liked the result. Yeah. You know, it it's just a it's a give and take. It's a it's an ebb and flow. Like, you know, and I, I guarantee you throughout the course of games, Kyle will steadily feed Jimmy plays in which he's making decisions or he's making riskier throws or, you know, downfield, stuff like that. And just to just to see where it goes. And, and it's never it's never black and white. It's not that Kyle Shanahan is not letting Jimmy Garoppolo play quarterback. It's that there is a relationship there, and if if Jimmy has a bad play, then Kyle Shanahan feels like he has to scale back. You know, if Jimmy starts to sling it a little bit make some tight window throws, got some zip on the ball, then Kyle Shanahan's going to feel like, all right, let's push this thing a little bit. You know, it's, it's just a relationship. Yeah. Did I do good, Crocker?
2: Yeah, no, that was good.
1: Okay, because uh, so I figured when you just yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> all right. This one's for you, Croak Cameron Marshall at Mister Marshall 2011. I'm personally not ready to give up on G on Jimmy G, but I also have eyes to see his limitations, and of course, the window for a Super Bowl. That being said, do Kyle and John Lynch look for a quarterback in this draft? If so, who is a realistic target? Go ahead, Crocker.
2: Uh, One, I hear Super Bowl window, like I just hear the phrase a lot, and I don't necessarily know what it means. I think your Super Bowl window is open as long as you keep it open. Um, We've seen uh, enough examples of teams that are good for a really long time. You know, I heard like a stat, gosh, was it, I listened to a podcast and it was like, the Seahawks haven't had, I want to say it was the Seahawks that haven't had a losing season under... Pete Carroll, was that what this that was? And there was like <laughs> another team, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They haven't they have not had a losing uh season under Mike Tomlin. Uh, that's pretty so, impressive, yeah, right? Because he's he's been what since two, like 2006 or something like that, and you know, he obviously he went eight and eight last year, but as far as like you know, having the below 500 record he hasn't so you know what I mean by that is and obviously they probably aren't expected to win the Super Bowl every year but you're very competitive every year and who knows what could possibly happen that's how I always look at it so Super Bowl window is open as long as you keep it open as long as you're getting good quarterback play and you know if you can kind of keep a good defense on the field I just feel like you always have a chance but anyways uh, yeah I forgot what the question was now
1: I gotta help you out with
2: that. Oh, quarterback, quarterback. Um, who if if there were to draft a quarterback, who would be and where? <sighs> um, the good thing is there are some really good quarterbacks in this draft. Uh, or it sounds like there are. Like you know, it always changes up by the time the draft comes around. But I wouldn't be surprised if there were like four guys taken, um, in the top ten. Now if somebody slides outside the top 10 and the 49ers really think that, they, you know, they want to make that move for a quarterback, depending on how the season um, closes out at that point, you can move up. And we've seen teams do that. We saw the Texans do that for uh, Deshaun Watson. And we saw the chiefs do that for Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, obviously they both did it in the same draft.
1: And I would um, and I will note to you, to your point, the chiefs did it while they had Alex Smith, right. You know, and like and Alex had- Smith was not, was not playing bad. He right. was playing they went pretty good. They went to the playoffs Right. right. So, so, I mean, the 49ers are almost in the same position as the Chiefs in terms of like a quarterback, you know.
2: Right. So, you know, if there's somebody that you, you know, you think is talented and he slides, like say, like a maybe, a, you know, a Zach Wilson, right? You know, he's not as big as some of the other guys. And, you know, but he just does a lot of things really well, has some good athleticism and stuff. I don't know. I hate saying, like, what a Kyle Shanahan quarterback is. I think Kyle Shanahan, obviously, like, you know, he liked uh, Kirk Cousins, and you can kind of see, you know, well, he drafted better and stuff like that. But I think if he were to draft a quarterback first round, I think it would be somebody that just has, you know, much more talent. I could see him taking somebody like Zach Wilson. And now- I think... Uh, I wanna ahead. I wanna
1: I wanna ask you this. Do you think Kyle Shanahan would be willing to revamp his offense a little bit or significantly to incorporate a more mobile quarterback?
2: Yeah, he has. He did it with RG3. And I know RG3 wasn't his guy, um, but he was able to change his defense, I mean his offense to fit that player's strength. So um with Zach Wilson. You know he's not uh, he's not a uh, RG three or anything like that. Like he's just he he just can move. So yeah, I I don't think he would really have to change his offense too much, like if if any at all. And if you you know trade up to draft a guy like that, and you still have a Garoppolo on your roster, now the guy can just kind of learn behind and eventually take over. And the reason why you would do that is because you think that he can take your Offense to higher heights. Now, I don't know if he's the guy, but I'm just saying just, you know, in general.
1: Right. And you could always, I mean, obviously this is easier said than done, but, you know, somebody like an Andrew Luck where, sure, they're a drop back and throw quarterback, period. But if you can find one that has a lot of athleticism that at any point, you know, it's kind of like how Russell Wilson's become now. You know, he's a – Russell Wilson's games evolved so much to where he just – I mean, he throws it everywhere. And he drops some of the most beautiful deep balls – I've ever seen, but obviously when he wants to run, he could run, you know, I I think that kind of that is currently kind of the way the, the game is trending now. Excuse me. Do you, I think that he would kind of target somebody like a Lamar Jackson that is almost primarily a runner and, and, you know, but he can, he obviously he can throw it too. Probably not, but I, I would like to see him if they were going to go the quarter quarterback route, get somebody that, you know, runs like a four or five or four, or six that, that can just, you know, it, it wouldn't be out of place if you wanted to run like a little read option here and there. You know, like, like Dan, kind of like what we've seen Daniel Jones do, minus the falling over in the open field. You know, so it's, I would, I would like to see if the 49ers are going to target a quarterback, get yourself one that can, that can scare defenses in a couple different ways. You know, not just, I mean, there's nothing wrong with a quarterback that could just drop back and sling it. But I mean, like even Joe Burrow, who looks phenomenal. He can sling it with the best of them, but he's also an athlete. Like he can move like well, so and that's kind of is is that kind of how Zach Wilson is? Would you mute yourself, Crocker? My bad. Yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> you did. I'm gonna leave this yeah. in there. I'm not. I'm not gonna let him edit this out. We're gonna leave this in there. I know, and I was talking to like, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> but um,
2: yeah, Zach Wilson. He 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 can move a bit. He he can move. Uh, uh isn't he, he can move it's not like super explosive but yeah i guess i can compare it to like a joe burrow
1: yeah man i just watched him make a throw right now that was like not quite across his body but like he was running right and then threw it like straight down the field right to the guy man he makes some throws holy crap Talk about Zach Wilson. yeah, yeah. like yeah. damn he no, looks he, nice he can
2: he can, he can play
1: he looks he like slide, oh, He's, he's got a lot at, of arm strength too.
2: Yeah, he's listed at 6'3. I don't know if he's 6'3, but I uh, I mean, but anyway, I mean, obviously we've seen height doesn't really matter.
1: Right. Right, right, right. All right. All right. All right. I don't want to bog down here. Okay. Where we at here? Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Hold on. We'll get there. That's not the question we're on, but I can't wait to get there. Okay. Um at Jed No, excuse me. Jed at Jed Jet on a if Jordan Willis is – no, if Jordan Willis is a decent speed rusher, meaning beating beating tight ends, making cleanup sacks, isolating right tackle deep in the pocket so that the D tackle can have a one-on-one against – that is a huge parentheses, have a one-on-one against the right guard with room to work with. Do you think the 49ers part ways with D4 next year? Uh, I, I don't necessarily know. Jordan Willis Willis tested well as far as speed, but that's not really his game. Like, he's a big, powerful dude. I think that he has speed, and maybe he can convert that speed to power in in terms of rush moves. But he's not like a speed rusher like D. Ford. Speed rushers like that, you know, like a uh, Harold Landry and D. Ford. There's uh, even Von Miller. Kind of for the most part, they're just they're smaller dudes that are going to use their quickness to just slide right under the tackle and make it happen. They can convert that speed to power, but it's it's just. You know, the way they win. Um, I, I don't think Jordan Willis has any influence on the 49ers parting ways with someone like D Ford, unless there's just some explosion of talent that we're not ready for.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, he's he, Jordan Willis has shown little things here and there, but you know, the he was barely playing with the Jets who suck like terrible. So, you know, like and, the guy's not getting snaps on the Jets. Yeah, he, they need edge rushers. Right. So if a team that needs pass rush is willing to give up a pass rusher for almost nothing, you know, the it's a, a sixth, you know, the the 49ers got a seventh this year and then gave up a sixth next year. Like, you know, you know, just temper your expectations. Temper yeah. your expectations. He's just good depth, someone you can put out there that you know might be able to set the edge and you know, play competently. Um at here for Sports 49 Crocker, out of all the 49ers free agents coming up in the offseason, who do you think we should keep?
2: Uh first name that just popped in my head was Kiwan Williams.
1: I agree. You want me to you want me to throw some names at you?
2: I I mean I I'm pretty sure uh you know Tart I think he's somebody that I you know probably would bring back. Um, just because I know he's just a consistent football player. Um, you, got,
1: you got Trent Williams, Richard Sherman, Solomon Trent Thomas, Jaquisky Tart, Kyle Juszczyk, Tevin Coleman, Kendrick Bourne, Kaywan Williams, Ronald Blair, Ben Garland, Kerry Heider, um, Jarek McKinnon, Jordan Reed, Jason Verrett, Akella Witherspoon. Um, yeah, the, the kitchen sink, man. Yeah. What, yeah. what were you going to say about Trent Williams?
2: Yeah, I mean, if if you are just like, oh, right, you get to pick one on offense, one on defense. It would be Trent Williams and Kawan Williams.
1: I agree, man. I, Williams, I, do think, I do think that they should try to keep Trent Williams. It's not going to be cheap, but a, 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 a competent starting left tackle will never come cheap unless you're willing to, you know, address that in the top 10, 15 of the draft. You know, like, there's no way around that. And you don't mess around with that. So... Yeah, I agree with you, man. 100%. Um okay, here we go. Josh Amick at j.mike. If Coleman is activated, will hold will Hasty still be the lead back? Well, we don't even know that Hasty's going to be the lead back. Like I I assume he will be. I think that that this is Shanahan's going to let him, this be his game just like he kind of let Jeff Wilson take the reins last game. But I don't think so. Like, I think if Coleman was activated, I think he may get, like, five or six touches. Like, I don't know. Like, they don't want to just be like, here you go, go, hurry up. Like, do all, you know what I mean? Like, take all the carries. Like, it, it's not going to be something like that. I don't think he'll get activated. But if he does, I don't see him just dominating the the carries. What What do you think, Croc? I, I, I mean, shoes. It was, we
2: didn't think, we didn't even know if uh, Wilson was going to play. And then Wilson came in and had like 17 carries right away, a hundred and something yards. So, you know, if Kyle wants to ride him and he, you know, if he just feels like he's good to go, I could possibly see that.
1: All right. All right. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. It's, I just, I think they're probably going to give him more time. All right. So the next one that I kind of laughed as I was scrolling by, um, Abolish the police at 420 G-O-T-H-H-H says Eric Crocker, why is your voice so cute? Uh, I you have
2: know. to answer that, bro. Well, funny story. I mean, I've learned to like, kind of like, I guess, accept it. But when I was a kid, fourth grade, Ms. Fern, I remember I went crying to Ms. Fern because all the kids used to make fun of my voice. And <laughs> Ms. Fern said, Eric, I really like your voice. And I think it fits you. So ever since I, ever since then, I've embraced it. I don't know about it being cute, but I, I take the compliment.
1: Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have you on here if it wasn't cute. You know, like I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't want to just podcast with you if you didn't have a cute voice, bro. Right. I wouldn't want to listen to me for a whole podcast. Like, you know, I sound like Ray Romano. Ray Ruano without a voice right now. All right, the next question. Let me make sure I got the name. Um, Jano at yellow underscore Moses. Why didn't we take a shot at Everson Griffin? Now, a little more realistic of a target, but even then, Everson Griffin's cap number is $3.2 million, which they could probably shift some stuff around if they really wanted him, but that's almost that's one to $2 million more than they have right now. And if, if Lombardi's uh, numbers are right, then it's $3 million more than they have right now. You know, it's just, it's just not in the cards. It's, it's not in the cards. Now, like I said, they could shift some things and, you know, Griffin's, Griffin's 33 years old. You know, maybe they don't, they don't see as much of a, an upside in that. Maybe they feel like they can get something out of, you know, Jordan Willis, yeah, he's uh he's a relatively young player. You know, it's kind of just different things like that. But if you were looking at it from just a basic salary cap standpoint, they can't even afford him. It's just it sucks. Big Smoky at OG three sports. Crocker, I guess we already we already answered this. Hasty versus McKinnon, who starts and gets more carries? Will Coleman <laughs> be ready for Sunday. <laughs> What do you think, Rock?
2: Uh, I think we've answered this like four times already. <laughs> All
1: right. Hey, I appreciate you. I appreciate you that, that, you appreciate know, you know, that big, Smokey. Don't, don't think we don't appreciate your question.
2: Yeah, I, I like how people are, you know, are interested in that. And it just shows like, you know, maybe that's something that 49 fans are worried about, you know, the running game. And, you know, who's going to get the bulk of the carries or, you know, the load. The crazy thing is, I think with Kyle Shanahan and how he's kind of been, from week to week, we really just don't know.
1: <laughs> we right. just don't know. Yeah, he's, he's un- unpredictable. Um, Mike Finn, at Ice Cream Judas Crocker, is Kendrick Bourne going to catch a pass this week?
2: <laughs> tell him I hope so. I need to get back on
1: track. Is that is that the one that you had the bet with? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, I thought know, it man. just happened to be a coincidence. Uh, nah, but, nah,
2: nah, nah, uh, we got to go problem. back
1: and check the pace and see uh, if if he's if he's fallen behind now. Yeah,
2: no, um, oh, let's see, let's see, I'll pull it up. But nah, I I think
1: <laughs> I, I yeah I think he catches catches quite a few. Maybe maybe I my bet would be probably like five, four or five. That'd be good. That'll put me back on track. I think. <laughs> at Voorhees thirteen underscore twenty two at Chris six 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 five seven four one one. You got a lot of numbers going on there, bro. What QB in the upcoming draft is most likely to get drafted by Shanahan? Also, what are your thoughts on possibly having Bill Pelichick as a DC when he retires as a head coach? Damn, going deep. Um, I know that Crocker has talked a lot about um, Mac from Alabama. You know, he's kind of a stand-in-the-pocket-and-sling-a-guy, and I know his draft stock is steadily climbing. You know, we talked about Zach Wilson, who is kind of a stand-in-the-pocket-sling-a-guy, a bit more athletic. You know, with somebody leaning towards more where the direction that I'd like to see shanahan go, I don't want shanahan to, to kind of go somebody like you know like the Lamar Jackson route, even though I'm a big fan of that i i I do want him to see to get somebody that he feel like suits his offense, but I want it to be somebody that can really make plays with their legs and just keep defenses honest did you uh did you look up Kendrick Bourne's numbers
2: yeah he he's currently not on pace after last game. Uh, how how far yeah, behind is he? He's seven catches off.
0: Damn it!
1: So well, he needs a game that's, where that's my guess, Mike Finn. He I think he's gonna have seven catches. On yeah, Sunday.
2: if he has like seven catches this game, that should put me back on track to get to forty five catches.
1: All right, maybe shoot, maybe ten, man, maybe ten. All right, Ahmad Otala at Ahmad eighty. Hey guys, super pod, long time listener, first time asking. Hey man, welcome, dude. Welcome. Appreciate you. What's up with Motley? I know Croc likes him. And where do you think Trey Lance goes in the draft? Mid first? Prefer anyone over him? Jimmy G- Jimmy G seems to lack killer instinct. I'm ready to move on. Your take? So what? Crocker, Jimmy G you know, lacks killer instinct. Sometimes he probably <laughs> could ease off the killer instinct, you know, or or something. You know, like like. Maybe, did, maybe, did take he not on
2: that first drive when he uh,
1: made a guy miss it, uh, then, uh, then he ran a guy over yeah, or, or, or went shoulder, went yeah, lower yeah. the shoulder on a guy, missed the Rams. Yep. All uh, right. Um, so start with the first one. What did you see in Motley? Because I know the 49ers today re signed him to their practice squad. They, they claimed him on waivers, they cut him, they added him to their practice squad. What did you like about him, Croc? Um, where they
2: added him to the practice squad. I mean, he's just somebody, it's going to be hard to get that opportunity and get on the field, especially like the healthier guys are, because right now they have the three guys. You got Witherspoon, uh, you know, as a reserve guy, but, you know, Mosley and and uh, Verrett. And then I saw Dante Johnson playing too. So I think Molly. he just came at a time where, damn, like, you know, guys starting to get healthier. <laughs> so it's going to be a little bit harder for him to get on the field. But, uh, and then I don't think he's like a core special teamer, so that's going to be the tough thing for him to kind of find his way onto the field. But that is good that they were able to add him back to the practice squad.
1: Dude, I got this picture in front of me. Um, the Steelers are the only undefeated team in the league now at, at six and O in the AFC North Titans, AFC South five and one chiefs, six and one bills, five and two Packers, five and one Buccaneers, five and two Seahawks, five and one, Eagles, two, four, and one. <laughs> like, damn. Like, the NFC East is just, like, unbelievable. Right? It just, to me, makes it more funny that they're two, four, and one. Like, they have – you in this graphic, every number or record looks the same except for the Eagles, and it's like two, four, and one. Like, we suck. Look at us.
0: <laughs>
1: All right, um – you, you looked at Trey Lance, Crocker. What, where do you think he goes? And is that somebody that you could see the 49ers interested in? I, I don't know if they'd be interested. Well, okay,
2: so just listening to Kyle Shanahan talk, he likes to see guys make NFL throws. And what I mean by NFL throws, I mean like tight window throws, like over the middle, you know, those type of things. And he didn't make those type of throws. Now, he wasn't asked to. You know, he was playing against lower-level competition he did everything he was asked to do at a very high and efficient level, whether it was throwing the ball, throwing the deep ball, um, running the ball. Like, I think he ran for over 1, yards, um, as a thousand yards as a red shirt, a red shirt freshman, I think, or something like that. He ran for like a thousand, um, over a thousand yards. He throws a deep ball, beautiful. I think he has the biggest arm and is the most athletic out of the top quarterbacks. Um, the, the the only thing is he's missing those tight window over the middle type throws that Kyle Shanahan likes to see. And because his team is really good, a lot of times how the play was designed, he was, he, he got the ball out on the first read. So you don't really see, get to see him just like have to go through his reads. Like other guys, like, you know, watching – you watch Trevor Trevor Lawrence and you'll see him have to go through reads just because, you know, the guys he's playing against are really good as well. Uh, same with Justin Fields. You'll see him have to filter through his reads to make throws and, you know, stand in there and do those things. You don't get to see that with Trey Lance. So that would be something that's kind of be – that would be an adjustment. But he is somebody that played under center a ton. Um, so he – you know, you can watch him – uh, be on the center, play action, throw the deep ball, like all that stuff looks beautiful. Uh, just what Kyle Shanahan is looking for the tight window over the middle throws, like, you know, that kind of wasn't there when I was watching the film. But you could just say, well, shit, I see him doing everything else extremely well. I really like the talent. I, I think he's a top guy. I think he's like a top five type guy. I would take him over, like, if Tua was in the same class, I would take him over, like, Tua. Yeah. I mean that's Herbert. a good way of saying it. And Herbert, like he's been really good, but I mean as a prospect, I would take him probably over over Herbert.
1: I'm going with that. Crocker's spoken. Um, I don't know though. I, I still have I am not I'm not that hard on Jimmy G. I think Jimmy G's got some killer instinct. I think he has some dog in him. He just needs to get more consistent, you know, get running, get rolling. Um, uh, Ryan Gross, Gross. At Axis 22, is Jimmy G gonna air that hoe out to Ayuk more? Yeah, Crocker, we're getting them, baby. Yeah, is is Jimmy G gonna air that hoe out to Ayuk on Sunday? Shoot,
2: I hope so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you that,
1: the, the meme, yeah, I, hope yeah.
2: so. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, <laughs> I should have <Okay>. gone, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I know I had to kind of make the like laughing noise myself, but yeah, I uh, hope so. <laughs> I I hope he does, man. Like, it's it's there. And and we saw that you can take advantage of the Seahawks secondary down the field. We just saw the Cardinals doing it. Really, everybody's been doing it. So, it's going to be there. Obviously, that's not a staple in the 49ers' offense, but hopefully they do take some shots because it's definitely there.
1: (laughs) That's funny. I'm still laughing. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man it's awesome. And unfortunately for bless him at young Krizzle HBK last week Kyle said they were resting Jet. So do you think they'll be using him this upcoming Sunday or do you think Hasty is going to get the most of the workload? I know that we've already answered your quest, your question bless him, but I'm going to answer it again anyways because I love you and I appreciate the fact that you dropped this question. I think that jet is going to get the start, but I think hasty is going to get two thirds of the carries. Let's call it five and 15. You know, maybe we could, we could give a little bit like six and 14 somewhere in there. Like, I think hasty is going to get the bulk of it. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I think. That That is my opinion. That is, that is what I believe. Can't believe we got through a whole mailbag without any war zone questions. That's awesome. That's cool. <laughs> no questions about Dr. Disrespect the hell's wrong with you guys come on i know man what's up with that i'm just kidding nobody does it better nah 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 nah, 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 nah. (laughs) have you ever have you ever heard him go yeah 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 yeah, yeah. (laughs) like i i gotta send you send you that. but so at one time somebody left him a donation and they asked him if he would say yeah yeah for a whole minute and, and he was, and he, by the end, he's like rubbing his cheeks, just going, yeah, 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 yeah. Like it was so, <laughs> it was so funny. Like he's in pain. <laughs>
2: yeah, dude,
1: that funny. He just starts rapping his <laughs> donations. Dude, that was so good. Buckle Z with a $5 donation. Like he just, thought he just went right into it. But anyways, yeah. this is not the Dr. Disrespect Disresp- Podcast, which is a good idea. Something I might have to talk to Kevin about. Um, so yeah, that's it, man. That's our last question, bro. That's it. I mean, we're only an hour and 15 minutes in. Yeah. That was it. But hey, man, there will come a day. I, well, let me say this. I hope there comes a day where I jump on here and we have 50 questions. And... Crocker and I are just going to have to sit here and rifle through them. Boom, boom, answer. No more than a sentence. Boom, 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 boom. And maybe, you know, we, we're going to hit them all. So I appreciate you guys. Every single one of your questions matter. Even if you asked about Jet McKinnon and Jermichael Hasty and Tevin Coleman, it still mattered. I want I, I appreciate the fact that all you guys jumped in here and asked questions. Hopefully every single one of you guys are listening. Um, Because you make you make the podcast, especially this episode like it's on you guys and how many questions you guys are going to ask To give us something to talk about so and you guys last two weeks Last three weeks have come through in spades. I mean between like This week and last week. I think we had like 50 something questions, which is fucking awesome So I appreciate you guys and um, You know striking gold is doing well. We're growing Things are looking really good on the back end as far as like, you know, the numbers and stuff like that. So we appreciate you guys. And it is it has been one hell of a ride. And uh, Crocker, I know we're we're coming up on podcast number 100 for, for you and I, bro. So um, we're going to have to do something special for our centennial episode. But, Somebody
2: got to send us like a cake or something.
1: I know, man. That's on you guys. I ain't giving you my address, though, so I don't know what you're going to do. Kasner Intermediate, that's where I work. Or, you know, I don't know, Crocker, send it to somewhere in Arkansas and maybe Crocker will get it. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. But anyways, that's it for us, guys. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hope you guys enjoy the mailbags every Wednesday. For you guys, it'll be Thursday morning. And then Crocker and I will be back on here tomorrow. For you guys, Friday morning, breaking down the 49ers matchup against the seattle seahawks on sunday the rivalry game baby um but for another night on striking gold we are signing out peace
0: for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile